2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. Putting on this like victim mentality, uh, it was my identity. Like I was a victim. I was a victim to the loss of my mother. I was a victim to, you know, to heartbreak or whatever. Now I get to see like the liberty that God has poured over our lives through his forgiveness allows us to just at liberty, like forgive one another and live in unity with one another. Yo, welcome to the Death to Life podcast. My name is Richard Young and today's episode is with my sister Ruth. I have never met her in real life. We have spoken over the internet. She is from Australia. And uh, you'll hear a little bit about, um, you know what, this episode is not, I think, like the last few or just like a normal death to life, because there is the story, there is the death to life. But Ruth, wouldn't you say we talk a lot about ideas of the gospel in this thing? Yeah, um, they can kind of expect it to be scattered. Um, So (laughs) we're kind of bouncing around with ideas of, um, I guess, theology and um, how, how, how we see truth is made practical in our lives. That's awesome. So, yeah, without further ado, we'll just jump into the podcast. Uh, So buckle up, strap in, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light and it's on me. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. It's a new thing, it's a new seed. It's a new thing, it's a new dream. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. Got me singing like Okay, so you're talking to your pastor. What what are you telling this guy? Um so I was telling him about how there's this online community and um like oh you should listen to this podcast and I was having this conversation um with this guy Richard and we're just talking I don't even know really what, but just explaining to him how somehow um love reality and the and the message was just hitting hitting really different. Um, Uh and I was seeing, um, like literally last week we 
we came together Friday evening, a few of us, mm-hmm. um, and we were like playing some music and that type of stuff. And I'm like, we need a new song. Like God says, like, you know, I want to, you know, put a new song in your mind and in your heart. And, and I was like, the song that I want to share is um, Death Was Arrested. And it's a song that I heard from this community. And I just saw them worshiping together one day. And I was like, it's actually, it's like the I know sometimes worship experiences are preferential. Um, like we just, some things vibe with us better than others, but this was just like the ultimate, what would be home for me. Um, and I'm like, and the thing is this community, like they just know themselves to be brothers and sisters around the world or, you know, across country or whatever it is. Um, and I actually just got off a quick video call with Eddie. Uh-huh. <laughs> just randomly and um i was like this is so random that i can do this with a total stranger that i've had like two weeks he's like i'm just gonna call you bang does it <laughs> it's the same thing with a with a um phone call that you and i had when i was back in america and i just uh-huh. went ah, i love that so to be able to have somebody go you're a total stranger but let's chat um except it's less weird it's not like a meagle where <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna come across um I, yeah, I guess I special. don't want to come across really weird, but I know at the beginning I probably come across weird and people are like, why is this guy talking to me? But I'm like, no, we're going to talk about this thing. And so well, it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah so like, um, I think it was like last week I shared on my stories about how it was a joke, but it kind of like the within every single joke or thing we make, there's like an element of truth, I guess, to it, or like an element of an underpinning. Uh-huh. And um, I was making a reference to how um, I often don't buy broccoli uh-huh. I <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm like, how do you cut it? How big do the pieces need to be? What if, if I'm steaming it? If I roast it, are the like are the roasted bits gonna like just dry up and crinkle really quickly because it's such a small piece of broccoli? Like, what's the consistency? And I almost I made a joke about having performance anxiety on cutting broccoli, uh-huh. um, and you just called me out on it and I was like, thank you. And then I went and bought two pieces of broccoli and. Did you blanch it? It was a, No, I actually, I roasted it. Um, I didn't have the, um, I know you actually encouraged me. You're like, here's how it works, right? you got some olive oil. you got like, a, little <laughs> bit, a little bit of that. I, I, Cause <laughs> I've been on that. a broccoli. I've been on a blanching broccoli and cooking it or, and then uh, doing a, like a Korean style dressing for the last Ooh. like 10 days. And so when you started talking about broccoli, I'm like flipping through Instagram and I'm like, Oh, she's talking about broccoli. And I'm like, Oh no, this ain't it. <laughs> and so because you're my sister, I feel like, Oh no, she's going to receive it. If yeah. I say something. Like, there's specific ways in which I cook eggplant. Like, I do miso eggplant all the time. If there's an eggplant in the dish, I'm like, well, there has to be, like, a miso honey kind of soy mirin kind of, like, seasoning going on. Maybe we throw in some, um, a little bit of rice wine vinegar, uh-huh. maybe a little bit of, like, MSG if we're having fun. Like, yeah, just for um, fun. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, MSG is always fun. It's never for actual, like, benefit <laughs> okay. outside of fun. Um, <laughs> all right, we got to stay focused. You're saying, okay, miso, (laughs) miso, uh, Um, eggplant. Yeah. So I was just like, like, so for you to be able to be like, here's how, here's how I'm doing it. Here's how I enjoy broccoli. And I was like, that's right. Broccoli is for enjoyment. Um, it really doesn't matter how I cut it. Um, and it just made me think of like 
how beautiful it is journeying right now, knowing that like I am free and then, um, and I learn little ways in which maybe my thinking, um, is just, it just gets to be awesomely realigned with freedom. Like who cares? You want to, you want to throw the stalks in and like, and cut all like the fluffy bits of the broccoli off, do it. Mm -hmm. It's not a crime. Like there's, there's no crime here. Um, and well, well, how we talk about ourselves is very important. And it's something that we've learned in the last two or three years. And like, you know how friend groups operate and there's like the friend, the friends in the group that are, are the most confident and sometimes they make fun of people and like there's all these little relationship dynamics. And uh, as we're starting out, like we would joke with one another. And one of the jokes was that one of the members of the team was like, was like a jerk and be like, oh, well, you're just being a jerk. And this is this is a group of friends and brothers and sisters in Christ that are together because of gospel. Like we're all completely different, but the gospel has changed yeah. all of our lives. And so we're, we have this family bond. And so, but we're starting to talk like how we used to talk. And one day we had to just like squash it. Someone was like, no, like he is not a jerk. And we're not mm-hmm. going to joke like that. Like we're not going to yeah. let what comes out of our mouth. We're, it's not going to be against anyone in this group. And so we're like learning, oh, like, we're not going to talk about ourselves like that. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to make a joke at his expense because like sometimes Mm -hmm. when we're all laughing, like it's funny to us, but it's not funny to the person. (laughs) And so, and then like, how are we going to talk about ourselves? And so like my wife and I, like, we can't self-deprecation like is a joke a lot of the time to lighten it up. But we don't play that game anymore, like where we self-deprecate so that somebody can say something sweet about sweet about us. Like we're fishing for a compliment by saying, oh, well, I'm just not a good cook. Like mm-hmm. you're just you're thirsty. Like stop being thirsty. Like be confident. Be like you're you're good. Like if your broccoli wasn't good, it says nothing about you. It says that yeah. you may not know how to make broccoli yet. And like I sorry, I'm now I'm on this tangent. Are you insulting my broccoli? Uh, no, I am not. <laughs> I made this dish because I've been trying to cook for the kids a little bit more. And I made mm. this dish for the kids. And my daughter is so sweet. And it was not good. It was trash. And she's like, it's good, daddy. Because she just loves me so much. And I was just like, baby, I put way too many potatoes and not enough eggs. So the potatoes didn't get cooked. It's not good. And I was able to throw it away and be like, yeah, that's. Try number one, try number two will be better. And it said nothing about me. It said nothing about my value where before I was like, oh, I can't cook. I can't do anything. And so bottom line is we have to be careful about what we think about ourselves and what comes out of our mouth about ourselves. And so like you talking about broccoli is like for most people, it's like nothing. But yeah. for me, I'm like, oh, um, like, let's just, let's not go there. Let's not yeah. say, let's not tie performance anxiety to ourselves. Like, we're free from that. Yeah. And I'm glad you received it because other people might be like, yo, chill, bro. I'm just joking about broccoli. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and I, I think was what was really great is that um, in my online presence, um, I I guess I like to journey with people. I like to journey with people in general. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know being traveling, nomadic, all these things in my life, and so being able to kind of like share with them what's going on. Like if I have like a little, you know, like a oh this just popped into my brain and I have no like no filter right now and I don't even have a problem with the fact that I have no filter and I'm just going to put that out there about broccoli. Uh I did that. But then I also got to share with them, hey, my brother Richard just called me out on something um, and called me to to truth about this matter and I want to share it with you guys. Like that it's it's nice to have community that goes, oh, by the way, like I'm not just going to like laugh along with your little joke. Like it's it's somewhat funny but what's reality is that this has no determination on your value. Um, and, and that was really refreshing and I was really happy to be able to like, and um, I guess in incidentally inspire people to know that there's community out there that like is, is safe. Um, and that affirms us and lifts us up and is allowed to speak into our lives and say, Hey, like, I know that, you know, the truth about you. Um, this, I just want to remind you of that so that you can reframe this in this way. Um, and I had a work meeting this morning where they kind of challenged a few of the ways that I'd written some content or um, presented an idea. Um, and they were like, oh, you know, we, we don't want to like hurt your feelings or anything. I was like, oh no, go for it. Like, honestly, like I would rather know um, ways that we can make this work really well. Mm. Um, and it was the first, not the first time. I think there's been a shift in the last few months where now I can be like, no, honestly, Please give me all the feedback. And and you're doing this thing that you're separating performance from your identity. Yeah. Performance is an identity. And Hui in his episode, I think it's like episode four or something. It's like one of the first ones. Like he brought this point home that kind of shifted my thinking on so much stuff. And it's like when you separate performance from who you are, it's a life changer because now you don't take things personally and now you can actually grow. Uh, because like you messing something up doesn't say anything about you. It just means, yeah. oh, okay, thank you. So if your boss says like, I don't think you're communicating this well, Ruth, if you take it personally, you're going to be defensive. And in your yeah. mind, you'd be like, I don't think you're reading it right, fool. Like you're like, you can't even receive. But when you don't take it personal, you can be like, what's up? Tell me about it. Like help, I, you're going to be able to yeah. help me grow in this thing. Uh, Before we get too lost in this, I want to kind of start with how I saw you, how I ran into you online. And you can help me out if you can. I don't know what friends that we had together that someone like either reposted something that you posted. I don't know if I followed you first or if you followed me first, but I feel like in a lot of Internet stuff that ties us together. Usually Justin Koo is somewhere in the seven degrees of separation. <laughs> like Justin yeah. Koo connects everybody with the world. Right. And so yeah. was it Justin Koo that you were following and then saw some of our stuff? Um, Like possibly, I think he might've shared something that was like a love reality post. Um, and I'd heard about love reality in its early form. Um, through like a friend of mine a couple of years ago had set, shared something. It was like a series that um, 
Jonathan was doing. Um, and I was like, at the time I was like, this sounds so good to be like too good to be true. So, but that's not Daniel and Revelation. So, <laughs> so I'm like, so it's not relevant. Um, for some reason, I don't know what, I, what season I was in there. Um, but yeah, so I, there was a little, a few names floating around and I think it must've been like an episode or something of like your podcast. And I was like, this is, this is kind of, this is unusual. This is refreshing. I love stories and I love sitting down with people for long periods of time and hearing them speak about their lives and, and what they're passionate about and the journey that they've been on. And so I think the content of your podcast really resonated with me. Um, and it was just really unique language that you shared, even in the, in the captions, um, of your posts, I went, Oh, at first it was like, this guy's full of it. <laughs> like, no, Tell no, me like, how you really feel. <laughs> no, but like, it was just like, nah, he's missing something like, like, um, this is just, it's almost as though it was like, um, how do I put this? Keep it real. Like, I'm like, where's, the, where's the works? Like, where's the works that affords like, um, that, yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, it's all, it's, it's all semantics, but I was just like, no, but he's not, he's not speaking about like the sacrifice or the servant like the service to God or like these words, these words aren't appearing in his vocabulary. Um, and because they weren't appearing in the vocabulary, that was what I was like hung up on. But I'm like, but this is curious because he, he seems to be joyful and at, at liberty and in a really like in a peaceful sense. Um, and yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, so there's something different here. So we, and I remember this pretty well. We ran into each other on the internet and just said a few things. And I think I went through your posts a little bit and I'm like, wow, this girl is super creative. Like, look at the, like, look at the photography, look at the, the poetry. And I'm just checking That's it right. out. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is cool. And I'm like, I wonder if she understands some of this stuff because I had just previously uh, been talking with a girl from Australia named Chica and Chica, I don't know if you're listening to this, but if you are, what's up Chica? Uh, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, this is someone else from Australia. I'm like, maybe something's going on in Australia. Maybe this is a friend of Chica's. So I started looking yeah. through and then I was like, maybe she gets this maybe. And that's like the game I'm always playing. I'm like, who do they get this? And I'm seeing like, there's yeah. some things that you're like walking in, but then there was some other stuff. And so we said some, you know, okay, hey, cool. Nice to meet you. You know, cool. <laughs> and then. Um, then I'm like following your stuff. Right. And I'm seeing your stuff come mm -hmm. up and I'm saying all of this to say that we then a few months ago, I don't even know how long we had this conversation that kind of, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who I am. I just kind of go for it and ask the questions that I'm interested in knowing the answers to where yeah. like a lot of people don't and that's cool. I don't know why God did like just took up way like the speed bumps. So I just go for it and I mess up sometimes. But um, <laughs> then the story starts coming out about your life and yeah. I start hearing about your mom. I start hearing about your mom's death and I don't want to step on that too much because I want you to talk about like your background a little bit. 
but I start hearing all of this, this whole story that has led up to kind of the past three years of what a little bit of discouragement that you had been living in. And so could you kind of just kind of paint a little picture of like that conversation, like where you were coming from, from like just your background and then up to like what was going on in the last three years of your life? Yeah. So in 25 words or less, and I hope like I win this competition, um, (laughs) who can, who can best summarize, um, the last 30 years of Ruth's life in 25 words or less? Um, probably God actually. Um, but basically like, um, a lot of things like informed, um, a lot of, a lot of my journey, obviously as it would, um, my parents were, um, baptized into my current faith Adventism when I was, um, in my mum's belly and then by the age of six my mum had left my dad um grew up with like a very spiritualistic kind of um involvement on my mum's side and my dad was like just um what we call in australia we call them sevies which like seven day adventists um heavy sevies through heavy sevy he is a heavy sevy um and i like i adore him he just really he loves the freedom that has been um, afforded in his life through this, this, this culture and this identity and this kind of this space has provided a lot of healing and opportunity for him. Um, so I was like, kind of grew up with both of those. Then my um, dad remarried when I was 16 um, and I um, went to live with my mum full time. Um, and I stopped kind of going to church around that time as well. Um, there was like, like some difficulties in my relationship with my dad at that point. And, um, yeah, went to university, um, and then a couple of stints overseas, journeying through life, doing what people do, you know, winning bread, taking it home, eating it, um, going out and getting more. Um, I had a really interesting experience where I guess, um, God spoke to me and, Um, so I jumped back on the Christian wagon, um, (laughs) but I did so in a way that was, um, I thought, I guess I thought I had to take on everything that I had kind of let go of. And it was kind of almost out of like a guilt response. Like, Oh, I knew that. And I walked away from that and I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Well, I better now follow that to the T. Um, and I better show up in this way and, um, had quite. Uh, I would say, I know we throw this word around a lot and it's not just, it doesn't just exist in Christianity. It's just like, you're either free or you're not. Um, legalism, I guess is the term. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was not living in freedom in my Christian experience, my Christian walk. Mm -hmm. Um, and it culminated, um, it was, uh, it came up a little bit, but like life was so busy. Um, I was caring for my mum from about 2017 to 2019. She had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I cared for her full time and, and worked. And um, so life was busy enough and had enough structure around that that I didn't feel like I was falling apart mm-hmm. too much. Um, and then after my mum passed away, I just, the next three years, um, were really difficult for me. Mm. Um, 
grief obviously plays into that. Like it's unavoidable. Um, but there was a lot of um, almost, I would say, an undoing of this identity that I'd built up for myself. Um, I knew that ways in which I went about my life and things I believed about myself subconsciously mm-hmm. somehow weren't serving me. Um, Give me an I example of that. What are some of the things that yeah. you were thinking about yourself that you knew at this time, like, this isn't helping? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess um, I have a, like a lot of, a lot of love for my family. Um, a lot of, a lot of love and respect for my mum and the way she um, raised us despite difficulties in her life. Um, but I have always really struggled with um, self-worth and um, it was a lot easier when there was a constant stream, at least from, you know, a few concrete sources of affirmation. Um, and And the opposite of, like, not doing good enough was, like, well, that means that I'm not good enough. Um, and that would come through in, um, in conversations, I guess, with my mum growing up. And then, so when her voice ceased to, to exist in my life, when she passed away, I was like, where's the voice telling me when I finally done good enough? Like, Mm. where's, where's the voice that says, um, yeah, that, that's, that's great, sweetie, or I'm really proud of you. Um, the voice that said, oh, like, if you really cared, you would clean up your toys, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't apply to it like a, a 27 year old at the time when my mum passed away. But, um, or if you, you know, if you really love me, you wouldn't cook with garlic because you know how much I hate the smell. Um, like phrases like that, but mm. unfortunately my mum would use, and I don't, I don't know the history where she got them from, but, um, uh, I think that my mum, the way that my mum equated love um, meant that um, that's how she would communicate to me. So the lack of her voice um, in real life and in, in actual like speaking, like she's a walking, breathing human being and she's um, engaging with me in what I'm doing and, and monitoring or, or you know, having an opinion on my life and that type of thing, it wasn't around. I still latched on to um, now that my mum's voice isn't around, I don't have like a compass Mm. really. Um, And that's kind of like, you would think it's strange as a Christian. (laughs) You're like, no, the word of the word of God is my compass and it's a light unto my path. And what God says about me um, is, is true and steadfast. And like, um, the way I'm saying it, obviously, in this in this tone of voice is somewhat mocking, but it's interesting. I looked at a Bible verse today and I was sharing with my, my pastor friend that, like, I used to look at this Bible verse and think that we have to forgive others because it's our duty because God has forgiven us, like Colossians 3.13. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I get to see, like, the liberty that God has poured over our lives um, through his forgiveness allows us to just at liberty, like forgive one another and live in unity with one another, um, and recognize one another and the worth that we have because of what his forgiveness says about our worth. But that's so important because like, if you're trying to forgive, you're not forgiving. Like 
that sounds pretty blunt, but it is what it is. If you're trying to forgive, that's unforgiveness light. Like bitterness is unforgiveness. When we yeah. receive the truth over who we are, and part of that truth is like the rock solid truth that Colossians 2.13 says that our sins were nailed to the cross. Like we are forgiven for everything. Like mm-hmm. we are released. It comes to yeah. this point when we understand this, like you then don't have a grid for unforgiveness in your life. Mm-hmm. Like you are now a forgiving person. And it's almost impossible for you to not forgive somebody because of how you've been loved. And we hear kind of like what you were talking, how you were saying, well, I guess, uh, you know, in in the Lord's prayer, he says, I have to forgive or else I'm not going to be forgiven. And like, we get like, that's the legalistic forgiveness. Like, Mm. and if you're trying to do that because, well, I want to go to heaven, so I got to forgive that person. You're truly not releasing them from the thing. You're like doing mm. this to get this. That's called religion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And Jesus is like, I love you so much. I've forgiven you. You've got everything. That's yeah. why it's so um, offensive that the unforgiving servant would throw the, the guy who owes him the, you know, a hundred bucks in jail. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like unforgiveness, if we really understand, I'm I'm not trying to condemn anybody, like it's offensive. It's like you, if you really know what God has done for you and then you're still holding back forgiveness, it's evil. If you really know, right? But the chances are you don't know. If you're holding back forgiveness, you really might not understand how much you've been forgiven. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that was a thing like I'm, I'm walking around back in this, this space after 2019 with this deep, I, I think what was happening was like, I recognized my need for being taken care of. I recognized my need in a season of my life where I was really tired. I was really burnt out. I was working at a school with a lot of kids with high needs as a counsellor, working through the abuse stories, um, trying to find safe accommodation for some of them. Then we have bushfires. I'm burnt out by the end of 2019 and my mum's passed away. And um, I was um, we're navigating like um, post-breakup with um, a guy that I really cared about that didn't want, didn't want um, faith in the same way that I did. And Um, and just putting on this like victim mentality, Mm -hmm. um, it was my identity. Like I was a victim. I was a victim to the loss of my mother. I was a victim to, um, you know, to heartbreak or, um, you know, whatever, um, whatever I wanted to call it at the time. And, um, and, and I just look back and I'm just like, nah, like we were two people that cared about each other that just wanted different things. Um, and that's, we set each other, I guess, set each other free from that. And that mm-hmm. was really cool. But um, just, but my narrative at the time was just like, woe is me. Like I need taking care of, but also I'm not good enough. You were a sad girl. 
I was a sad girl. Sad girl vibes. Little sad girl vibes, little romanticizing poetry pieces. And, you know, I look back on some of my posts. I don't know if they're there anymore, but I posted something um, when I was feeling isolated in Christian community being like, we should do more. Like, like somewhat strange in um, this indignancy, um, which is just not really not typical me, but I was like, I was just all sorts and I was just, um, yeah, at the crux of it, I'm like, I'm this victim to people treating me poorly, um, or my circumstances. So when you would do like a sad girl vibes post, what, like you're, you're, you're wanting to make it, you're romanticizing the sadness, right? And you want it to be, you want it to have so much depth. And I'm just thinking of like my sad boy vibes. Like I want people to think, oh, this this dude is deep. Like there's layers. Um, <laughs> like when That's you're voice. <laughs> when you're doing your sad girl vibes post, are you thinking the same thing? Like, what do you want people to see from you when you're doing these posts? Because you wear your heart on your sleeve just like I do. Um, yeah. What did you want them to see on your sleeve? Um. I wanted them to see me. Hmm. Um, I think that was the the deep desire, like, and this comes back all the way to childhood. Um, like, I've I've always just wanted to be seen. Um, and I knew that I also wanted to be loved in spite of my, um my flaws which were gonna come up and they would come up in conversation with people or maybe somebody like my brain was like they're definitely gossiping about me because i've made this decision and it's um publicly noticeable and so i would write these posts with this air of like you know like sometimes we go through life and it's hard and and there was glimmers of hope in what i would share but it was um only these glimmers in this in this thicket, like just this thick, I don't know, like wasteland almost of like, um, yeah, like relatable and deep hurt and frustration. So my content was relatable because people were just like, oh, I know what it's like to have depression. That really resonates with me. Um, or wow, that really speaks to my anxiety. And it was kind of validating in a sense. But it didn't have power beyond that. There was no healing. I, no. Like, and, and we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, about mm. how this... <laughs> the I'm broken too sermon from the youth pastor. Or from your buddy. Mm. Like, there's like... There's chapel, and this guy who realizes he's broken gets up and he does the I'm broken to chapel talk or sermon. And the only thing that we walk away with is, yeah, we're all struggling and we're all dealing with it, but there's no answer. Like, maybe they're just like, but Jesus, guys, Jesus. And you're like, what do I do with that? Yeah. So this is really interesting. Um, 
there's a there's a language I think that um and I've I've noticed it with the love reality community like thanks to you Richard <laughs> I've got like I just got this like like I was mentioning before I got this random audio or video call from um Eddie Loki like showing me like showing me something that was had been um created for for me uh-huh. and I've actually lost my point on this now oh that's right so Eddie there's like a number of people um and and this language that is used, like you just mentioned, oh, you know, but Jesus, this future hope, this thing that one day we will no longer struggle and we will no longer um, be these wretched selves that we are. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I don't want to think about the one day. I just want to, like, that's so exhausting to me. Like, you know, imagine if imagine if we stayed alive from the point of like the disciples when they believed that it was like the last days uh-huh. in like the year seventy five. All right, like mm-hmm. or seventy nine A D when Pompey like Vesuvius erupts. They're like, that's the last days. Like all of these things happening. Um, imagine if you were just to stay alive all that time. Like people think it's a you know. They have a bit of a giggle about this, the fact that Christians are like, Jesus is coming soon. And I think the reason why that's so laughable is because this this power, this transformation thing is put in the future. Mm. Um, but God was like, but Jesus said, no, I want you to live life and life abundantly. I want you to have it now. Mm. Do you realize that you have it now? Um, and so we go, oh, but Jesus one day. But now it's like I'm talking to Eddie and I'm talking to you and we all, we all share this phrase. It's like, but God, yeah. but God did this, but God did this thing already. God is doing this thing right now in my life. God is moving. He's moved. He's transformed me. I am no longer this. I am now this. Um, and I love that we've reclaimed that language of, but God, but Jesus. And it's like, it's actually powerful rather than being like, you know, someday maybe God will step down from his throne and, you know, may- Wave his magic wand and it's it's gonna be nice one day. Like <laughs> That is getting me so hyped because like <laughs> the person who says but God the most is Christian. And it's always yeah. about the past tense. And we'll be talking yeah. like, bro, you are whack, dog. Like you were <laughs> on some stuff, dude. And then he'll give me a smile and be like, But God, bro. And I'm like, yeah. let's go. And this I thought it said but God, but this actually doesn't say but God. Uh, this is Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 3, and Paul's writing to Titus, and he says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness mm. and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul's like, hey, we, it's about God, he's like, he, we were like this, Tim, uh, Titus. We were just like that. But God, because of his loving kindness. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And so Sabbath school, like, or whatever, what, what the 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 sad boy, sad girl vibes that get up and you preach and you're like, yeah, we're, I'm just like you. I'm struggling too. And people love the I'm struggling too sermon, but there's no answers in it, right? But they've not heard anything more than that. So many people, like, I think about, like, why, um, 
all I knew, I, I know this, this is, this is, this is relevant for a lot of denominations, especially denominations that um, they take pride in, in belonging to a community that quote unquote has, um, has truth that maybe another community doesn't. I think it, it appeals to the human senses of wanting to know something that is like elite or that others don't or having some like some special knowledge right, right, right. Um, and and so many different denominations claim it but i in my christian experience just wasn't hearing do you know can we just slow down for a second and speak about god's love for you and how it shows up in your life like the time that you were um you missed a flight home from japan and you spent 24 hours sleeping on like airport seats and you had just enough money to buy that teriyaki chicken, McChicken, whatever it was. Um, but being taken care of and having such a funny story and God being in that moment, even though I just was not even like God was not on my radar at that point in my life. And I'm like, if we were just to sit down, like what if our sermons, we can have sermons that look like all sorts of things, but I would love to hear people just say, Let's let's talk about how God's love shows up in your life because when we're looking at the Bible, we're talking about how God's love shows up in the lives of countless people, right? And how His love shows up in our story through through what Jesus has done and what Paul talks about and how he just exposes this beautiful narrative, which is not just a fun little beautiful narrative. It's truth. It's God's word, um, and so. Now I'm sitting back and like the the but God is real. Like it's 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 powerful and I think I hadn't heard that. Yeah. My the majority of my Christian experience. Yeah. So you're sad girl vibing it out. And yep. of course that resonates. Like the best comedy is the comedy that makes sense to your life. Like, oh yeah, you relate. Or if that's why the grand majority of songs are about love because everybody's mm -hmm. loved and lost love and had been heartbroken. And so your yeah. posts are relating to people, but there yeah. isn't any healing. Uh, and mm -hmm. you're dealing with this thing with, you know, now this, this huge voice in your life is missing. Um, yeah. How were you coping and what was the plan? And, uh, what was what was going to happen? Yeah, so um, there was no real plan. I knew that I wanted to finish up at the job that I was working at at the end of that year. Um, it was just a hectic environment, um, and that's warranted because there are hectic environments in the world, mm -hmm. um, and people in hectic environments need love and kindness and support, but I was empty. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't. I didn't really have the living water flowing into me to be able to flow out into that space, like at all. Um, and to the point where I was like, kind of like, oh, well, you know, like I'll move town. So I moved town and this was the beginning of 2020. Um, it was summer. I was staying with friends at the time, um, about to get my own apartment. Well, yeah, got like a townhouse mm -hmm. um, and was sharing with a stranger and, and moving in and starting my new life and got a job. Yeah. So I'm moving in. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to establish. So what started off um, as like, I just need a new space. Uh -huh. And I think that was valid. Uh -huh. Sure. And then I was like, great. My 
my joy or I guess quote quote unquote joy which was more like my happiness or my excitement or motivation was coming from the newness um so the newness of circumstances the sure. a new job new community I was in the city I was living in a in a um neighborhood that I really liked living in that I'd li- literally lived on the same street before like years back um and I was setting up this life for myself that I was finally going to enjoy. And then a pandemic started. <laughs> a, wor- a worldwide pandemic. If I'm- a worldwide pandemic. Um, and it's not, look, a pandemic's not a laughing matter, but the circumstance, like the way that it humbled me was because at that point, um, the aftershocks of my grief, hmm. um, being in isolation, hmm. my circumstances changed dramatically like we were no longer working able to do the volunteer stuff that we were going to do uh, we were no longer to, allowed to gather in groups of three or more and sit at the beach and interact we weren't allowed to sit on the sand but it was very sad to me because sitting on the sand uh-huh. was something that was very therapeutic to me uh-huh. so i felt again richard like everything that i deserved was being robbed from me and i was a victim to circumstance feeling pretty sorry for yourself pretty sorry for myself um and yeah depression set in right and um anxiety was like obviously anxiety is you know symptomatic of fear and fear is um um always you know in the absence of love or a response to some absence of love and um i was not engaging with um or really receiving love from from God. I don't know that I really knew how to in the way that God wanted to. Like, I was very conditional in my receiving of his love. I was like, yes, God, like, thank you for this meal. Amen. Hmm. Um, what's the song? God Has Smiled On Me by Jessica Reedy. I was like, yeah, like, holla, like a little gospel dance in the car kind of thing. Like, there were, like, little momentary segments where I was just like, okay, God, I'm going to receive your your love today. Um, because I was like, otherwise I'm not going to function, but not actually because I enjoy you. Um, and I could talk the talk, like I could be like, yeah, you know, like enjoying God is important. Isn't he delightful? Mm -hmm. But I don't know how I didn't recognize that that wasn't an authentic, authentic experience me across the board. It was just like these little pockets or these segments of life and, um, like moments. And so I guess I had tasted and seeing that the Lord was good um i just hadn't really i'd also been tasting a lot of other things that brought so much more immediate satisfaction Mm -hmm. um and yeah like we point out like the people resonating with you and being like wow ruth so poetic you're so creative like oh we really like what you shared um really spoke to me and i'm like oh that gives me that gives me that 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 dopamine rush my cup my cup it does not overflow if then it's sufficiently full for me to take a drink from um and yeah the dopamine rush for sure that was absolutely it so i noticed i've changed my account style because i was just like what i'm sharing i know in in the most humble sense i know this is a blessing because it's blessed me Uh and so now i get to see the insights and it shows how many people have shared um my post Uh and it said like 62 shares and i was like what? 
<laughs> like, I don't know who these people are. Like, I really don't need to, but um, I love like, that. That's just awesome. Yeah. The idea that there's there's 62 shares on this post. I'm like, a person or a few people or maybe even 62 people went, I feel like we need to hear this. Yeah. Wow. 32 people that I have no idea who they are mm-hmm. felt like this really resonated with them. And also, it's truth. Mm-hmm. And I can I can have this, like, peace in my heart and peace in my conscience that it's now coming from a place of um, not lack but abundance. Like, I don't need to make sure that this is liked by a certain amount of people or resonates with a certain amount of people. It's really interesting. I can share perhaps there's posts that I posted a couple of years ago that are really beautiful. If I go back and look over them, I'm like, I can't actually fault that in newness of life, Mm -hmm. but I know I was writing from a place of, I hope this resonates with people because I want to feel like people value what I have to share. Mm -hmm. Um, And perhaps there's like, perhaps there's little glimmers of that in the content, but generally people were just like, Oh wow. Like, this is really inspiring. Thank you. And I was like, no, thank you because I needed your affirmation. And now I have that, um, in, in my work and that kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things as as a writer, which I, um, just last night was having a bit of a cry to God about like a really good cry. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had this, I, we're, we're just, we're jumping for a second. Yeah, We're in the, we're in (laughs) Um, the present, right? We'll go back to the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah turning the clock back like maybe like 14 15 hours ago i'm checking for an email from a company they do this thing called the big five it's like a personality test um and i did this i did this test back in 2020 so how i answered the quiz actually might be different now um but i was like look i have to be honest like i'm really forgetful um i'm really scatterbrained um it's a charming quality in many like it it is um it is fun in a lot of circumstances, definitely in the social media space. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so this this conscientiousness thing actually was triggering back then when I received this result because um in my history my mum would say, Oh, it's not um you just don't care. Otherwise you would do it. You just don't care, otherwise it's otherwise it's that and um I think I've in an in a conversation with you before, Richard, I've, I've mentioned this. And, but when I look at the way that I interact with friends and family and that type of stuff, I'm like, no, I do care. I generally like, um, almost to not a fault, but I was, um, just, just a complete people pleaser Mm -hmm. for such a majority of my life. And then especially in these last three years that we're, we're talking about before experiencing, what is newness of life to me now? Um, I was just, I really just wanted to ensure that everybody else was happy and that they perceived me in a certain way, which speaks to the social media stuff. And so this idea that I don't care, don't care was like, um, it didn't sit right with me because I really deeply loved my mum. I really cared about her. I, I desired her good. So this, this result from this test came up and it really hit me over the head. And, and so I was actually having a conversation with somebody who encouraged me to take the test um, beginning of this year. And he was just like, so that's not your strength. It doesn't have to be. It says nothing about you. It was encouraging to me because it was like God himself was saying, um, here's just another little reminder to fill your love tank. 
um, in, in case you thought it was depleted, um, because the reality is that I'm constantly pouring love yeah. into you because I'm just a, um, like I'm that living water. And it's, um, it's so different from when before when every decision was a moral one. Like, do I live in an, this apartment? Well, is that responsible? Hey, we have a Bible study called the Made New Bible Study that happens on Wednesdays at 9.30 Central. It's me and my sister Savannah Louie, and we hold that thing every single week, and it is going through pretty much wave one. Uh, and if you are new to this message, this finished work, this freedom from sin, this is the Bible study for you. If you are interested and you want to learn more, please email us at steady at lovereality.org and we will hit you with the link and the times of all of our Bible studies, including that one. I think you'll find it to be a big blessing. So you are, you're struggling for some time. And we kind of covered that a little bit. And the pandemic yeah. happens. And yeah. I, I think we, by this time, I don't know if we start, I don't know if it was 2021 or 2020. I could look at my phone right now to find out. But um, you start running into stuff from Love Reality. I don't know how. Um, we're just out there. You've heard some stuff before and it sounded, sounded a little uh, too easy or something like you were describing. Yeah. What happened to yeah. where you started to play, pay a little bit closer of attention? Is this the... Uh, the video of the singing. Yeah. So I, I will touch base. So I, um, in 2020, I went into this deep depression and I started getting a glimpse of like what grace filled community feels like through this couple that, um, were like, um, we see Ruth is depressed. Hmm. Um, and depression can be a really ugly thing to a lot of people. It's not like, it's not that pleasant to be around. Um, if you don't have, an understanding, I think if you don't have an understanding of freedom, um, right. gospel freedom, freedom in, in the life of Jesus, um, then it can be just, yeah, not that fun. So I wasn't that pleasant a person to be around. Like there's not, it wasn't really, um, I was just, you know, sad or I felt, I, I perceived myself to be needy and I, all, I kind of excluded myself from community even further. So this couple came into my life. They fed me. They invited me around for dinners. They let me play with their boy. Um, we would laugh. We would kind of like have long conversations. They would inspire me to do my art and, and keep creating and keep writing because there was there, there was something there. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I was exploring the theme of Sabbath quite a lot um, in my work. I was doing some freelancing work for um just for church organizations and things. Mm -hmm. And I would write weekly on this idea of Sabbath. And I started coming to terms with this idea that your work, your worth is not found in your work. Um, and this was just the idea of like, take one day off a week because you don't have to prove yourself yeah. this one day. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say that like in the copy, but I was like, my life was like, but well, you got to prove yourself the other six days. Right. right? For sure. Um, <laughs> So I'm navigating in little different pieces. And then, but I'd never had heard somebody just be like, gospel, this is it. 
Do you know? Let's break it down. Da 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 da. And then I heard it. Um, life happened. I moved states. I um, I then was um, living with a stranger again, living in her house, and it's coming up to my thirtieth birthday. This is last year, so we're we're fast forward yeah. a lot. Um, and I'm sitting on my bed, and I've been engaging with your content a little bit, and being like, oh, "This is strange. I like it." But, oh, there's got to be more to it. But then I was also part of this community. For some reason, the Holy Spirit put it on my heart at that time to be like, hey, new people, um, I am a chronic people pleaser. And it's not really fun for me. And it's actually caused me a lot of friction um, and loss of friendships and heartbreak. And um, and I, I have done some things that are ugly because of it. Um, and I don't really want that in my life anymore. So if you could call me out when I'm people pleasing, that'd be great. So that was the first thing that happened. Then I'm engaging with your content and I'm like sitting on the end of my bed one day, living with another flatmate stranger from the internet, um, and her two golden retrievers. And I'm sitting there and then, um, watching your stories. Cause for me, I was like, here's this full grown man. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. This is great. He's, this guy has friends all over the country. This is wow. This reminds me of me. I love community. Um, what a what a beautiful community that he has. He's just so he loves he loves his life. And I'm like, yeah. And then um probably maybe a couple of days later, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and you post a few of you have gotten together and you post a video of this church, like this kind of like I think it was a house setting. Um, and they're singing, um, the song death was arrested by Seth. Is it Seth Condry? And yeah, North uh, point something. Um, and so, but it got to the bridge and there's, um, the line, um, we're free, free forever. We're free. Come join the song of all the redeemed. And it just whacked me. I feel like it's always a culmination of things. Like there's never one thing that God goes out of the blue. Here you go. Uh -huh. Here's conviction of what I've done for you. Um, but for me, I think what was lacking in my Christian experience was like seeing a body of believers that was so united in knowing their individual worth and therefore their collective worth. So this is why this is important to me because it's just amazing how God works. That was a video that was taken in 2019, and it's after Morgan gets completely free. And if you've listened to episode two, yeah. it's Morgan, uh, my buddy Tyler's wife, uh, is about to divorce him, and then she gets radically free. And we're singing that song, and there's like tears in all of our faces, and it's crazy. And so... I put that story up all of the time because it's like mm. the first miracle I ever saw. And it's yeah, wow. so like you come across it on a thing and it has an effect mm. on you. Praise the Lord. And it's interesting. The story, the, the story or the journey that Tyler and Morgan have taken, um, cause Tyler, you mentioned he's episode one. Um, it really resonated with me at that time because I, in 2021, I had just out of the old identity of who I was, 
made a series of mistakes in relationship with somebody that was really important to me. And um, we're not like a married couple, so it's, <laughs> it's a bit different. We're not living in each other's space and it's not like a um, – but for for me it was like probably – it's it's been one of like the hardest like friendship breakups. Mm. Um, and um, there's no there's no resolution to that in, in what I can see right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really sad. And, um, but also I'm like, but we're both children of God. And when I see and hear what's happened to Tyler and Morgan, um, and then that free, th- that point when that song was playing, it was just like, it was the peak of my discomfort with the person I thought I was mm. like, this mistake that you made, which was a little mistake or just a use terminology or words or something, which just turned into, and then the shame spiral and like hiding and trying to make sure people perceive me as a good person. And it just did not work out. Um, Mm -hmm. Life story or moral of the story is just stop trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was at this peak at that point of being like, you're always just going to be, the, the the voice that was speaking to my life, you're always just going to be the girl that made that mistake. It didn't matter. Every other mistake in my life was like seemingly unimportant to me at that point. It was just this one in this post Jesus experience, post baptism um, experience, you shouldn't be making mistakes. And so the ones that you make after this, like they prove that, you know, somehow like you're not saved or whatever. And it was just this big narrative that was going on in my head and it wasn't of God. Mm. And then these lines of, like, I'm free, free forever, I'm free, um, it hit me at a time that I really needed it. But it was also on top of that seeing, like, come join the song. Hmm. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not alone because I've got God. Like, I can understand that. But I'm also not alone because I'm part of a community. I'm part of a family of people who, um, who sing the song in their lives they sing it in in the work um in their everyday work they they sing it in in their actions they, it's just it's it's an outward breath of what they've received mm-hmm. um and it doesn't have to be hey we worship um from nine to twelve and this is when you can come join us and sing like it's like it's actually it's life um and sitting alone in my little room on the other side of the world, I felt connected to a video that was hmm. like, historic as well. Like it's um, somewhere Richard and, and these guys in this room were my brothers and sisters. But that's the crazy from a human, I guess from a human perspective, like we're total strangers. Right. But we just joined in song together. Right. Um, and John 17 is is happening. Like this, this oneness is... Um, and Jesus is just being like, yeah, I love this song too. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm your brother and we're all in this because we've just we're just journeying together through um the gift that I I would um I can't imagine not having given you. And I yeah, at that point just things just went like I now it wasn't that everything became perfect in my life, but I now had received this truth that I get to compare everything else in my life to this truth. Hmm. And I get to thank 
God that I am consistently loved and accepted and um, and gorgeous in his sight, regardless of whether or not I achieve my goal of running a marathon by the end of this year. Right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this. As you're going through that time in America and then you're, now that I'm thinking about it, this hasn't been that long. You know, you're, it's, it's towards the end of March right now, but you've just been learning and growing in freedom. Like it just kind of took off for you in 2022. Yeah. Um, Describe what that's been like and what you've been learning and how that's been changing how you think and act. Um, so in, in like in counseling and therapy, there's this thing called ex- exposure therapy. When you have anxiety, it's like this slow, gentle exposure to the thing that you, the uncertainty, I guess, or the, all the risk or whatever it is. Um, and I think the trip overseas was a, was a big example of that because I almost didn't go. I, I was like literally the week out, Omicron's just bouncing around the walls of the party that is this, that is this um, globe. And um, there was a very real possibility that I would contract COVID in in a country um, that I hadn't been to before, and then I might be late back to work. And I didn't want to disappoint work by being late back to work. Um, it's like you know the the labels that the, the the words that were coming up were you're irresponsible or like that's just risky or that's that's not very um, loyal of you. And these are the words that have like spoken been spoken over my life in some way whether it be through mm-hmm. through voice uh, the voice in my head or um things that people had actually said to me in my past and so I was shedding this slowly and it was my um my boss had actually said hey if you arrive back on time great if not um then we'll see you when you get back and I'm like mm-hmm. okay god all right we're gonna do this um and I was like, okay, literally, if you don't want me going over to America, God, like, let's Gideon's fleece. Let's like, um, look, give me COVID. Like, give me a false positive. Like, I really don't care. So God, um, I don't know if I was just being like, kind of like cheeky with him at that moment, but I just really, regardless, I think whatever route we take, um, whatever journey, whatever direction, um, he's there walking and there are lessons and um and beautiful realities that we can learn about his goodness and so i was doing that and then um yeah learning so much about what freedom looks like learning through that the conversation that i had with you um learning how it changes how i address um bumps in the road so getting COVID, i was like all right like my response would have been like, oh no, what am I going to do? I've got to do this. Like, this is going to be so concerning. People back at home are going to be so frustrated. Oh, the concern that I had that I was not going to make it back on time is true. And I should have listened to that, to that worry or that voice or whatever. And now I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Um, and God still loves me. And he and I are going to have a great week together. Mm-hmm. Um, and um this week's been a little bit different because I was actually sick like I had fevers and a couple of things for the first like 24 hours or so and then I was relatively fine um but last time it was asymptomatic so I was doing cartwheels in the um the hotel when you were in when you were in those in America (laughs) yeah in uh this is in Phoenix (laughs) um it's just like you know 
making up a choreograph to um choreography to like the tide is high by atomic kitten <laughs> on my own like um and like who's gonna stop you kind of thing and it was just a really great time to to journey with god and to just enjoy that liminal space of like there's literally nothing that you can do to change this circumstance and that's great because mm-hmm. we can milk from it something unique that we couldn't if we were rushing back to Australia and jumping back into work and um God has used that time and this time this time around this this week for me to um again go deeper and so I have one more question but before I ask this question I'm a weirdo and I've been like and you possibly have no no this is like legit uh and I'll explain it here in a second yeah. before I ask this last question I've been searching for someone and maybe have no idea about this. And maybe if I say this, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's like racism to against Australians or something. I don't know. You tell me. My favorite TV show in the world is The Crown. Okay. And the reason why is because I love, love like historical fiction. Yeah. I love history. Mm-hmm. I love to see, and I love like the pomp and circumstance. Like I love, I don't know. There's something about something done well. And that's important. That speaks to me. Yeah. And have you ever seen the show? Yeah. yeah ever seen yeah. an episode? I love. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I've been searching for somebody to talk about the crown with. And <laughs> I just want to tell you what I've been thinking about when I'm like, I've already seen the whole thing, yeah. but I've started over in season one. Mm-hmm. And my favorite character on the crown is this cat named Tommy Lassels. And Tommy Lassels is like the secretary to the queen. Mm-hmm. And he's just like the fix it guy. He just comes in. And like anything that the queen or the queen mother needs, he just has so much wisdom. He has so much experience. He has so much, like, he just kills it yeah. and he gets the job done. And it's, sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes he has to, like, say some things to people. But as I'm watching this show, like, and I'm thinking about, like, Tommy Lassell's, like, I would want to be Tommy Lassell's. I'm like, that dude is a man. I, lo- I, I love it. <laughs> But then I think of like the authority that the queen has. And then I'm thinking like in season one, there's like before she's queen, there's her dad mm. and like how they honor the monarchy and, and, and all these, like everything I do in my life is seen through the lens of gospel. Like literally everything. I can't watch a TV show without being like, well, if this person knew who they were. They wouldn't be acting like this if they only knew. <laughs> and so as I'm watching it, I'm thinking of like this royalty. I'm thinking about this authority. I'm thinking about this power that everyone's searching after and trying to get. And it's a political game. Mm. And then I'm thinking, I don't have to do any of that because I already am royalty. Mm. I already have authority. I don't have to position myself or try to move politically. I have been given all the wisdom I need. I like it just screams to me like Richard you are all of these things and it's because your dad is the king of kings and lord of lords and you are one of the lords that he is lord over 
in the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. You are like you are royalty. Yeah. And I don't know if this makes any sense to you or you resonate with any of it. It's just like because you're from Australia and I don't even know if the queen is like she's not the queen over you guys, but she visits there. Right. Like, yeah. It's interesting. Like we're part of the Commonwealth. So she has some like title but she doesn't really have any control we have like a governor general but the the real like power player which and it's the same in it's the same in the uk in a lot of ways because they've got the prime minister and that separation of like the the different powers there um but yeah it was really interesting you bring that up because i remember resonating what resonated with me in the crown was that they they spoke about this god-given duty to represent heaven on earth um and I'm like, what What a burden. Hmm. Through the lens, look, it's not, because I think the thing is like, yes, we're, in a sense, we're God's representatives when we live out freedom. We get to speak gospel, but we're not like some, like, power, like these, these authority figures that tell people what, to do and and i think that um there was a lot of burden and to be born into the monarchy right like you are like this royal bloodline she had to take on a position by like what they defined was um this is just god ordained and you've got to take it on otherwise like you're um being disloyal to to god um and that's she was a young girl and i mean she's She's an incredible person. Like, she's, she's, I don't, I find her gorgeous. Like, I'm sure people have like issues with her character as, as everybody would if they were just to stare at each other and want to hold space for judgment. But, um, I like, like nobody was called to, um, represent God and represent perfection and be, in a sense, worshiped like that. And so I have great empathy and, admiration for the way that they navigate that sometimes with difficulty well oftentimes with difficulty um this this quote comes to mind by i think you probably know the author and have a bunch of her little brown books on your bookshelf yeah. uh and it's his biddings are enablings yeah and so you have authority that has been given to you you are a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible calls you a royal priesthood. Yeah. But that little lady said his biddings are enablings. Yeah. Meaning because you're a royal priesthood and he set aside good works for you to walk in, he enables them because he bid them. Yeah. So there's no stress to be like, I've got to figure this out. Like as you're, in this moment of like decision in your mm. life and sorry everybody if you thought that crown thing was a stretch i just i'm obsessed with it okay um it's not it's but not. because we are royalty and he has he's enabling us yeah. every time like as the gospel became becomes more and more clear it's like he's doing it all yeah and you just get to receive and you just get to live, and you just get to love, and you just get to be loved, and now you become love. And if he's asked you to do it, it's his bidding, then he's enabling you to do it. And so, I guess this is kind of my last question to you. 
if someone who has known you for the last three years, but hasn't seen you since the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and they roll up on you and you're different and they're like, yo, you're different. What is going on with you? Like, I see your stuff on the internet and your writing is different. Like, they're not going to say this, but it's like, there's no more sad girl vibes. (laughs) What would you tell them? Like, why are you so different? Um. Mm. Let me sit you down. Let's have a chat for like the next four hours. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) what comes to mind is that um, the voice that said I was free was actually always there. Um, But this is the first time that I've stepped in to believe that or test tested that out. Um, Not even tested it, just decided like, well, if belief if our beliefs and thoughts matter, then let's just see where this goes. Um, but when I, when I realize that it's, it's peace, it's um, like you're pointing out, like life can be really crazy and hectic. Has my life been any less crazy and hectic circumstantially? No. Um, I definitely believe that God gave me a couple of, moments of you know it's just like easy breezy whatever like traveling around was really fun in america like that was just like such a little gift that he gave me um and then you know and then having covid and having fatigue and um and yeah navigating that has been um it has been a challenge but it's been a challenge that i wake up every morning being like all right well god like you've as you've said you've equipped me for this you dwell within me and that's the starting to believe and just taking apart what God actually says in his word about me not trying to understand scripture and making sure I'm theologically correct but just starting with let me just test how believing what God says about me works in my life like does if I walk around believing that I've I'm forgiven and taking that on, how does that change my life? Um, and I think it was important for me to start with that, to start with the idea that, you know, whatever you've done, um, whatever you have failed to do, whatever you have not done well enough, um, quote unquote, it's irrelevant because your your darkest deeds, your everything that is has missed the mark of love is forgiven. Mm. Um, and that, that was the starting point for me. Um, because the belief that the belief that we are equipped and um, his biddings are enablings, I used to read that and be like, God is telling me um, to do something and he's, he's going to make me do it. And he's going to put his strength in me to do it. But I was sitting in this place of like, but I'm still going to be resentful because I really don't want to do it. Um, Mm. Not because it's too difficult, but it's just not my passion, which is not my interest. But God wants me to do things that like don't align with the things that I actually really enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. And can we imagine like a world, I mean, there is 
the world does exist and it's like this, but so many people walk day in, day out in their lives doing things that they're not really actually genuinely interested in. Um, and there's so much sadness and loss of direction. And um, so I was believing I was, before I was believing that I was forgiven, I was b- believing that I was like God's workhorse essentially, that somehow like mm-hmm. I would, I would, um, and I knew I kind of, I kind of knew I had his favor, but what I really wanted was the favor of everybody else. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't hear or touch him or see him. Um, now I actually hear God. Like I hear his voice. I, I feel deeply impressed with his words over my life. And, and it all started with this place of like, let's not talk about like what you can achieve in life. Let's just talk about Mm. what I've achieved in your life. Um, yeah, I'm teary. (laughs) Um, because it all comes back to that. Like when I'm having a struggle of a day or I feel like, oops, a past mistake is coming back to bite me a little bit. I'm like, how good's eternity though? (laughs) Like how good is knowing that, um, there's these these little seasonal dips of um you know what we label as difficulty but um joy and peace are a constant stream hmm. um I'm connected in with truth it's not just a word it's not just a little affirmation or a mantra over my life it's a person um and that person delights so much in my existence and and my and my joy and everything every ounce of my being and that's um really the only encouragement i need everything else can fall into fall into place around that central knowledge that i'm forgiven and i'm forgiven because god just loves me um yeah so in essence it's kind of like how all of these podcasts in You've just been really loved well by God. Yeah. And you've received that love. Like you know you're loved. Yeah. And what does that all mean? That's what you're figuring out. That's what you're finding yeah. out. It's not you're like you have to figure it out. Yeah. You're just finding out what all comes with that. Yeah. Am I am I right? Yeah, like what are some things now that I know that um he's put a song in my heart, um how how do I how do I get to what are the fun ways in which I get to sing that song? Which, where, which places am I going to go and, and sing that song? Um, who's going to sing that song along, alongside me? Like, um, what beautiful experiences am I going to have in this, in this new life? And um, it's more of, it's less of a, I have to figure this out, but rather I get to, get to find this out. Um, I get to journey and be delighted and surprised by all the things that ultimately only God can give me. And um, at the moment, like that, that looks like um, I want to publish something. I want to, I want to sit down and, and, and write something and um, slowly things are coming together and they're on the backs of envelopes. Like my mum used to write to-do lists and um, faded receipts in my glove box and um, on, on the inside of my shower, um, wall and liquid chalk, like I have <laughs> little reminders that kind of like 
um, Bible verses that dart in and out of my day and frame so many of my experiences now that I have all these stories that I just want to share about how God hasn't just worked in my life, but he works in my days. He works in my now. Um, he just is unfolding this beautiful story. And um, I think part of the joy of being able to share with others is that you were reminded of that yourself. Um, like you just read a post that I wrote back in March 12th. And as I was listening to there was there was one phrase that stuck out to me. Um, I don't remember quite what it was, but it was like, um, I had to, I had, just had to hear it again. Like it was just like, here's just a reminder of this truth that is like, it's eternal truth. Like it doesn't change. Um, and you know, we get hit by each and every day by so many different um, sources of information, um, stressors in our life, and the stress in our body, and little triggers maybe from trauma, and we're we're recentering that and fra- framing that in truth and in life and. Um, I think, like I said, the greatest joy of knowing truth is that truth is now with you and you get to hold it against anything else that comes up against you and say, ah, but this is what is, what has been spoken. This is what has been said. And Jesus himself mm-hmm. did that. There's the temp- temptation isn't just like, oh, I'm going to eat that, um, that Whopper burger or whatever, like, and I was like, or I'm going to like do these types of things. It's not, it's actually, I think we, we frame it really different. We frame it really damagingly. Um, temptation is actually just believing a lie. There's hmm. the lie is presented. And then I get to frame that in, in the truth. Um, and, and it's less about the little circumstantial things of like, you know, pot of, um, Potiphar's wife and Joseph, for instance, it's like um, there's a lie that's presented in that story, and and um, and I get to believe the truth. You think of like porn addiction, well, it's again, it's a lie, like um, versus versus truth, and um, like all of these things. Like I just, yeah, yeah like I. There's some there's people that are shared on your podcast about that, and I just what I what really resonates is they were like I was just being I was just believing a lie about myself, and that showed up in in actions or things that I participated in, and it's the same thing um, in my life. And now I get to be like, oh, here's a truth to challenge that because we we don't have to walk in that anymore because that's just actually not who we are. By the way, like and, yeah, and the, and the main truth is. The conclusion is the gospel is a conclusion. This is what we always say. Mm. It's a conclusion, and that is Jesus is Lord. Yeah, it's not a decision point. It's the arrival of a conclusion. Yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, and so I'm excited to see how this truth of Jesus being Lord just manifests in your life. Mm. I see the good works, and I'm glorifying my Father in heaven as I see your good works, as I see just the blessing that you are to so many people on Instagram and I'm sure in real life as well. So, uh, you're a blessing to me. You're my sister. Mm. Uh, and, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and I just, I love your story. Yeah. It's a really precious one. Thank you for being a part of it and for listening for like what what, I think you used the phrase, um, you saw the green light from God and you called. And I think that, um, that was, yeah, in, in March this year and, um, yeah, it's just really precious. 
In fact, I think I posted that God absolutely adores me post straight after you and I had a conversation. Yeah, and then I think I made a I went to my my I have a, a shirt t-shirt thing yeah. called So Are We. Yeah. And I put a God adores me. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. It's true. Because he does, right? Yeah. He does, right? Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Ruth. Got me singing like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. And you can feel in freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you always been. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If, if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag death to life. And let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Prusha. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you.